0: Welcome to another epic episode of Kazi's Audio Experience. This is the podcast where we're not only gonna sharpen our technical skills, but we will learn how to become profitable as filmmakers. And guys, it will mean the world to me if you leave a five-star review and subscribe to this channel for more awesome content. Let's get into it. What's going on, guys? This is going to be about career advice for beginner filmmakers. Thank you all for joining us. This is going to be awesome. I'm gonna make sure to give you as much value as possible. Um, Majority of this is going to be based on my personal experience. I always say this, like, the things that I wanna share with you guys, yes, I read tons of books, I listen to a lot of podcasts, uh, YouTube videos, all that kind of content, but, Majority of it, I want it to come from here. So then I can back it up. If somebody comes back and you know, DMs me and goes, hey, I tried your program, didn't work. I can say, okay, maybe try this or that because I've done it before. So that's the whole name of the game with anything that I wanna share with my community. I'm gonna just jump right in. This is about career advice for beginner filmmakers. And we're gonna start with saying this. This is basically things that I wish I knew when I was first starting out. So it's that sort of podcast, okay? So let's start with the things that are going in your favor. I'm assuming that you're just starting out, okay? So even if you're intermediate, some of it could be applicable to you, okay? It's just the way you look at it. So. If you're just starting out, things that are going in your favor, the first thing is, you know, your willingness because you're fresh out of college, you're pumped, you're ready to go, you're a go-getter, you wanna just make things happen, all right? So that is amazing and that is something the fire does extinguish over time when you're experienced. So experienced people, you know, have the, the time under their belt going on but they don't necessarily have that fire that you once did, okay? When you were first starting out. Second thing is, passion so that is amazing when you're again fresh out of college you're passionate you want to make the difference you want to do all the big things and you know your your lack of experience kind of is a plus because you don't know uh, what's waiting for you on the other side so you just want to go out there and just crush it right so that's that passion that you got on your side. the third thing is your drive majority of you will have less responsibilities because you're young, and uh, you have that singular focus, right? Like you can just put your head down and do that one thing and you're not gonna get distracted because you gotta help out your old parents or you gotta help out you know, your family and put the food on the table, those kind of things. Like in the beginning you could just be driven because you're all about your career, all right? Once again, I'm, I'm making a lot of assumptions here but I'm just kind of not go in 100 different directions so I'm taking that one type you know, that, that, that type like that is passionate, that is willing, and that is driven. And then, you know, kind of mold our whole story and agenda around that, okay? So now let's get into the things that you are lacking when you're first starting out. So the first thing is going to be and the most important is patience. That is just something that is lacking. And again, I'm saying it based on what I've done when I was first starting out. I wasn't patient. I just wanted to make things happen yesterday. Everything that I wanted, I wanted to make it happen yesterday. And that is not necessarily the best thing. And you learn that over time, but there's always going to be that balance. You're always going to have to find out that when am I pushing it too much, like where I'm just so patient that my drive is gone. Um, so that's that line, right? Like you still wanna stay passionate, you still gotta have that fire, that drive, that go-getter attitude yet, you have to learn to just be like, hey, take it easy, it's okay, let me take my time and make my move, right? Because you know how they say like, you gotta take a step back to go two steps further? So that kind of thing, right? Like you gotta start to learn that over time. The second thing that you're lacking as a beginner uh, is going to be consistency. Now consistency comes with time and repetition. And if you're new to something and if you haven't really done it, it's really easy for you to gas out. You know, go 110 miles and then you're done compared to like, you know, be in there for a marathon. You know, like how Gary Vee and a lot of people say, like life is a marathon, not a sprint. And that is very true. Um, Your career is a marathon over, you know, it being a sprint. Uh, It it just, because that won't last, you know, forever, right? Marathon, you can make it last for a very long time. So that's very important. Uh, Number three, third thing that's lacking as a beginner is discipline. Discipline is built over time. It comes with consistency, it comes with again, repetition and that's going to be one of those things that are going to be missing. Strong work ethic. I mean, how are you going to have strong work ethic if you haven't really been in your field long enough? So that's nothing against you, that's just one of those things that I'm basically pointing out. Um, that is going to be lacking, especially when you're a beginner. And then finally, the thing that you're gonna be lacking um, as a beginner is going to be systems and processes. Now, uh, anybody that knows me knows that I'm all about systems and processes, okay? Like, I'm not gonna put out five videos a week on YouTube, I'm gonna put out one video a week on YouTube and I'm gonna do it forever, all right? So like, I will stick to whatever that process is and then build a system around it and then rinse and repeat rinse and repeat rinse and repeat rinse and repeat that does not mean that you know I am not willing to learn you know the all the new things that are coming out I will you know adapt to like those changes and bring that in but at the same time trust me like systems and processes are very close to me and if anybody any FCM fam that's here like anybody who's taken my masterclass knows exactly what I'm talking about I say that all the time like in my masterclass systems and processes so now I want to share a real-life example that's going to drive this entire agenda home. Okay, so you most of you know that I worked um, as a full-time employee, um, and and here's the thing: like before we even get into that. So, what's my point of all of all of the things that I just mentioned? The things that are going for you and the things that are going against you. Then, what is my advice? My main advice for you is that. You know, yes, it's really sexy and hot to just be an entrepreneur in 2022 and run your own business and be a freelancer. And you know I'm always pushing that agenda. I mean, my, free, my masterclass is called Freelance Colorist Masterclass, but I'm here to tell you right now that when you're starting out your career, it is very important to get a full-time job, okay? And let me explain why. So let me go back to like how I started, you know, my filmmaking journey. I came out of college, moved to California, and worked just random jobs through Craigslist, like I'm doing a $500 job here, $200 job there, like whatever, right? Like whatever it took I did until I landed my first full-time gig, entry-level position as a video producer, meaning I was shooting and editing, doing it all by myself. That job was not the thing that I dreamt of doing when I went to school, but at the time, it was everything that I needed or wanted, like that stability, plus like doing something in my field. A lot of my friends were taking, you know, tons of L's, and here I had that opportunity. So I jumped on it, regardless of the money that it paid me. And it paid me nothing. And on top of that, the manager was so smart that when he interviewed me and heard that hunger, that go getter attitude, like I'll do anything that it takes to get that job, lowballed me, brought me down about what was it 30% um so he basically took 30% off what the base salary was which was already low and convinced me to take it because he just knew that hey this this kid is naive he's new uh let's let's get him <laughs> you know let's get him for all that we can so they they did and uh, that job was one of the hardest things that I've done in my life okay i'm talking about 65% travel um, you know, that that's part of the contract. That was the contract, like, hey, you're gonna be traveling all the time. And I was traveling everywhere. I looked at it as a plus because I got to see United States more than most people that are born and raised here. So that was incredible. I got to see over 35, you know, 37 states uh, within a year and a half. So that was amazing, invaluable. And the things that I've learned, is why is a full-time job, you know, very important? And I encourage you guys to go do it. The only reason why you wouldn't want to do it is, you know, the reasons that I just mentioned. You're gonna be working your butt off. You're gonna be working for very less money. Um, not a lot of reward because you know you're gonna be working under a manager that probably will stifle you. My manager was like that. Like it was hell. I just felt like a monkey with a camera on his back, right? Like I, I just literally felt like that. Like the dude would be like, "Hey, stop thinking. Just point your camera right here and shoot." And I'll be like, "Yes, boss. Like here. You know, here you go." Uh, you know, just keep the checks coming. So that part of it is very toxic, right? But the good that came out of it is this: systems and processes, um, at a corporate level or at a company level, will always be in place. So you are going to learn what they have, what they have already created, and then eventually you can take that and create your own like flare on top of it, right? Like you can just take that and like, how can you mold it and bring it into your business, into your career? Um, discipline, I mean, come on, right? You have to wake up in the morning, you have to go to work. One of the things that I notice with uh, tons of filmmakers is that we're just driven by our emotions, right? Most of the time. And I'm just talking about like, I wake up today and I just go, I don't feel like working and I wake up tomorrow and I'm just like, all right, I wanna conquer the world. I wanna ride the next big, you know, Hollywood hit. And then the day after that, I'm feeling some other sort of way. That wasn't the case. I didn't have that choice. When I was working full time, it don't matter. Like you gotta wake up in the morning, you gotta go to work, like go, 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 right? It's showtime. And to make make matters even worse, my job was about 90 miles each way. So I was driving 180 miles each day, all right? It's, it's insane. So 180 miles there and back all day every day for nine months before we moved uh, closer to my work. We couldn't afford to move closer in the beginning. So like I was just driving, right? I was traveling. So 180 miles every day for nine months. I'm talking about an LA traffic. Anybody that knows about like LA traffic, it's absolutely the worst. So I'm talking about about three to four hours a day just on the road, okay. Plus the ten-hour days, right? Like in 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 our film industry, um, ten-hour days are sort of, you know, like the the what would you call it? Like it's the standard. Like eight hours is good, ten hours is sort of like a you know ex- accepted or, or expected. Like that's what you have to do. So ten-hour workday four hours of travel, I'm talking about 14 hours every day. And when you're in the car for two hours, like stop and go, stop and go, I mean, it feels like you might as well have put in, you know, 12 hour shift, you know, within those four hours just there and back. So all, all of that, what it did for me is, again, brought in that discipline, right? Brought in that strong work ethic. I have to be there. I have to be on my A game. It doesn't matter how bad the traffic was, how many accidents, you know, um, I experienced that day on the road and how long it took me to get to work. When I get to work, I have a smile on my face, I'm gonna bring my A game. I'm gonna go all in, right? So that thing, right? You're working on your mindset as you're developing your skill set. Um, and then, again, like I said, consistency. So you have to show up at work, right? I'm telling you guys, in hindsight when i look back and i'm like what what did i gain and what did i lose you know from that one and a half year two years of my life um i just see so many pluses at the time yes like i mentioned like i mentioned you know it was kind of weird because my manager just was one of a kind right but now when i look back i just go I'm so thankful for that experience. And I kinda went for it because I was in that mindset of like, you know, I wanna be a go-getter. I just wanna get like whatever opportunity, I wanna jump on it. But now when I look back, everything that I got to learn at my company's expense, that's the only way you wanna do it. Like learning from your own mistakes is gonna cost you so much money and time. So I promise you, it is not smart to just be like, oh, I'm gonna just figure it out on my own. I'm gonna learn from my own failures. Why don't you do it, learn from, Others' failures and mistakes, and like save yourself tons of time and money. So, learning DaVinci Resolve at the time when Resolve was so expensive, it was so easy for me to convince my company to buy it for me. Right? Um, final uh, Apple Apple Color before even DaVinci Resolve buying all kinds of cool cameras and lenses, no issues. Company, like just put it on the company card, get whatever you want. GoPros, like running multiple different cameras. I'm talking about back in 2010, 2011, bringing in that footage and then uploading it and then try to color it and like do all those things. All that happened because the money wasn't coming out of my pocket. Um, They trusted me that, you know, they were in good hands and I gave my 110% and, the experience that i've gained from it the discipline that i gained from it the consistency that came from it the the strong work ethic that came from it and over time the systems and processes that i've learned from there took them and then molded it and like you know just turned it into my own like i said i can't put a price on it so i'm telling you right now my advice to you is going to be go get a full time job for at least 12 months. Don't do not do the three-month thing like, oh, I put in my time, that's not enough. Don't do the six-month thing like, hey, I, I, I did it, I did that number, like whatever, it's not for me. Don't do that. You got to commit for 12 months. What is it going to take? It's going to take patience, right? Because you go online on Instagram, you see all your friends going to Ireland and shooting all this beautiful footage and you're like, Yo, like I could be that kid, you know, 23 traveling around the world shooting all this cool stuff, but instead I'm right here working this full-time job. I'm wasting my life, but you're not. I'm telling you right now you're not. Trust me. I have met so many people with insane amount of potential. They gas out. They just don't have the gut to stay in the game. They're so talented, but they cannot hang. Like I know people that will start working with me or or just kind of watch me do what I do and they'll go, dude, like, this is crazy. Like, we can't do that. And I'm like, dude, you're a freaking kid and you're talking like that? Like, what's, what's wrong with you? Like, what is the matter with you? Like, you should be going all in nonstop. This is a lifestyle. This is not something that you do for the gram, you know? This is who you are. And you don't just get that by reading a book. You have to put in the time and develop it. So it becomes part of your DNA, part of who you are. And, and like I said, I mean, so a lot of people, like anytime we see somebody online and we go, this dude just got lucky. Just remember that luck is nothing but preparedness plus hard work, okay? So like how the people say, you know, the harder I work, the luckier I get. So that's just what it is. Like it's nothing else. Unless you're on a slot machine, you know, then, then I don't know, then it doesn't require anything. Anything that you want to gain in life, you have to be prepared to take it. And at the same time, you need to have that hard skill. You need to have a skill set to back it up, to go get it. All right, I'm gonna go through some of these questions. Hopefully you guys took a lot of value out of this. Somebody just asked, watching movies or reading books, which one do you prefer for filmmakers? So that's a good question. And what I'm gonna say is, you know, do both. The answer most of the time to a lot of the questions is going to be do both because you gotta figure it out for yourself, right? So for me, um, watching Chernobyl, then say reading a book about it or something like that won't be the same because when I watch Chernobyl, um, and that's just me, right? This is how my brain works. I know a lot of friends that like, you know, uh, have, crazy imaginary brain. So like when they read stuff, it's way better for them than watching Lord of the Rings. They're like, dude, the books were so much better. And we all hear that, right, a lot. Books were better because we can just imagine it however we want compared to like what was shown on the screen. But for me, again, going back to that Chernobyl example, like if I'm gonna watch it, I get like certain emotion, like, you know, watching the whole thing, cinematography, direction, uh, lighting, and then I'm inspired. I'm just like, oh man, I wanna go try that look like now I'm just pumped, like I love like how this was created. I want to go try it out. And then I go and I try it. And I'm like, this was the best thing ever, right? So, you know, different people, right? Like, but for me, I just feel like I'm more of a visual, you know, dude. Um, It's just a funny thing that you say that like, because my wife um, gets all these children books, you know, because we have so many nephew and nieces. So she reads all these books to, you know, her nieces and nephews. And sometimes I'll just go grab a book, right? So she had a book on Pele, the the Brazilian soccer player, the legend. So I saw a book and all it is is just illustrations, right? And like a couple of words and then like all pictures. And I just grabbed that book and I'm like reading it and I'm into it. I'm like loving it. I'm like, these are my favorite type of books, right? So like, I'm so freaking old for that, but it's just so entertaining and it does the job, you know, it gets the job done. So if that's just what it is, um, find your thing, but you wouldn't know until you try it. Okay, so this is a great question um should i have a full-time job in my passion field or any kind of job so here's the thing right like i will say it will be ideal to get a job you know that is parallel to your goals like whatever it is that you want to do in life right so like get a job in that instead of just like getting a full-time job somewhere else so like of course all of us when we go to school we will get any job so like i was um uh, you know i was a ser- not a server Uh, I was at a boutique basically taking uh, carry-outs, right? So like carry-out orders. Like, so anybody who wants to order something from a restaurant, you know, to go, um, I was in that shop like taking orders, right? So I did that while I was going to school. I also worked um, as a security guard. So I'm a security guard, you know, holding doors for people to like walk in and out and, you know, have a smile on my face. So I did all those things like when I was, going to school, yeah, you know, like you're gonna do whatever you're gonna do. But after that, I feel like it is very important that is let's just say this, right? Let's just say as a security advisor, you can make 60 grand a year. And as a video producer entry level job, you make $40,000 a year, I would say go for a video producer $40,000 a year, hands down without a question, because the connections that you're going to build there, the experience and hard skills that you're going to gain from it just there's no competition, right? So it don't matter. Like, I mean, you can make 60 here and you can make 60 for the rest of your life or you can make 40 here and then 240 two years after that because you're gonna start your own company and all that, whatever you're gonna learn from it. So it's always keeping your eyes on the prize and then just taking one step at a time. So this is uh, another good one from Ahmed. He says, still struggling to put my full focus into one thing. And you know, I'm right there with you, right? That's, that's the world we live in. Like we have access to everything, but then we have access to too many things. So I don't blame you one bit. Um, I just feel like you have to go in um, whatever you're feeling today. So say, you know, for the next two weeks, you're all about like, dude, I want to be an editor. Like, all I want to do is edit. Like, it just gets me going, blah, blah, blah. You're watching movies. You're inspired by, you know, the, the editing styles, whatever, go in, swim in that Kool-Aid. Two weeks later, you're like, ah, that's not for me. I want to be a cinematographer. I I want to buy a nice camera. I want to go out there. I want to shoot some stuff. Go do that for a couple of weeks and see what happens. And then eventually you're going to get to a point to go, okay, this is my calling, right? So a buddy of mine, a creative director that I freaking love, you know, he's my homie. Like, you know, he's my dude. He's the one who called out that, dude, you should be a full-on colorist. He's like, I've worked with some big colorists. And he's like, I'm telling you, when I'm in a session with you, you you just have that in you. Like you should be a colorist. And at the time I was shooting, I was editing. uh, I was even running my company, basically offering those services. And he said, I'm telling you right now, you should be a colorist. And I didn't see that, that what he saw. And I was just like, ah, that's cool, man. But I just gotta, I don't know. I don't know, I haven't decided yet. And then now I look back and I'm like, holy, hell, like he was onto something, right? So sometimes we wouldn't even know. But all in all, like you have to try everything out there um, to, to find that calling. And that's not gonna just like come to you. And don't be scared to be like, dude, I don't wanna be that person that my friends are gonna go, I mean, he can't make up his mind, you know? Like, cause I say it all the time. You know, I love technology, I'm not brand loyal. I don't give, um I don't give an F, right? Like, so today, if I'm using Apple tomorrow, I'm moving to Android because Google Pixel just crashed the game and they're just like on, on the next, next level, I don't care. I'm moving, I'm switching everything. Like, I'm gonna have like, you know, Amazon sticks and like all that instead of like Apple TV because I don't care. I'm like, I'm brand agnostic. I don't care about that. I'm just in it for whatever I'm feeling like while I'm going through it. So. Um, you be that person right like it's going to free you up like it's just going to make you feel that you know you can do anything everything is possible instead of just like putting these shackles that we do um and again most of the time because of our surroundings because we just don't want to be that person that you know somebody goes oh yeah this person can't make up you know his or her mind who cares okay so this is a good one from Hani after 12 months doing full time job what should be our next move i'm a designer though so here's the thing right like What's gonna happen after 12 months is something very beautiful, a snowball effect. You're gonna build so many connections, so that, it's called a power base. It's basically like, you know, people that you know, that you network with. And power base could be your friends, could be your family, like somebody that you know works at a company where that person knows a director or somebody that they can hook you up, so you never know, right? So your power base are people that are around you, close to you, that you talk to, and you can utilize to to get to the next level. And obviously reciprocity is important, so you gotta give them something back too, but that's just gonna happen naturally. Like when, when somebody's kind to you, you're gonna be kind to them, that's just how we are wired as human beings, right? So you work for 12 months. During that 12 months, like I said, you're gonna build connections. I mean, that's just what happened for me too, right? So like again, associate, like just uh, basically bringing it back to like giving you an example like that is true to my heart and you know, true to my life, that's my reality. So when I was working that full-time job, on the side, I was shooting weddings on the weekends um, and building connections there. I was building connections at work, so not my manager or the director of the department, but my supervisor, uh, the dude below him, we were pals, and then he hooked me up with a lot of companies. Then that those companies became my freelance gigs. So as soon as I went my own route, you know, from the full-time job, I already had a couple of gigs that I got through my connections at my work uh, of my full-time job. And then the side hustle that I was doing was also another thing. So that's what I mean by the snowball effect. Like there's gonna be these like loose power base, you know, that you can take full advantage of and then you can start hitting them up like hard. Um, Set a reminder, right? Like every month, like every month on the 23rd, I'm gonna hit up like these three, four clients uh, religiously send them personal messages and tell them, how can I help them? What do you guys need? What can I do for you? That's it, that's it. Like, you know, don't be that desperate dude who's just like, ah, please give me something, I'm dying over here. Like, no, just say that, shut up, see what happens. Two days later, I promise you, one of those four people are gonna hit you up and be like, or companies, and they're just gonna be like, dude, thank God, like, this is amazing, perfect timing, we're working on this project, you know, we're shorthanded, We we can use the help. Boom, like that's your in. How afraid were you when you took that first step to freelance? Oh man, like I I get chills thinking about it today. Um, You know, it was tough. And also anybody that's listening right now that got inspired by my course or my talks and quit their full time and went freelancing and are struggling right now, I'm telling you guys right now, stay in there. Just keep trying and Honestly, the thing that you don't wanna hear, the big brother advice that I'm gonna say right now, um, don't blame the economy, don't blame COVID, don't blame anything else, you know, oh, the market is too saturated, like, you know, there's just, uh, there's enough um, cinematographers out there, there's enough editors out there, nobody needs more editors. It's just, this is all bullshit. Like, this is just you kind of consoling yourself in the most toxic way possible. So, don't do that. I'm gonna tell you something that you don't wanna hear right now, which is, well, you're you're lacking one of these things, all right? Go through the list. It's either patience, it's consistency, discipline, strong work ethic, or systems and processes. You're lacking one of these five core elements that you need to be successful as a businessman, as a full-time employee, or as a freelancer, okay? Or entrepreneur, whatever have you. So keep looking at those, like those five things, and see which of those pillars you're weak at, what do you need to work on? And I'm telling you, things are going to turn around. And nothing is beneath you. That's another thing that I'm gonna tell you right now. And again, going back to Sagar, you know, your question, great question. Like, d- don't be afraid to do something that you just think is sort of beneath you because nothing is beneath you, all right? Like, if you are making zero dollars and if you can't provide for your family, nothing is beneath you. So. If you were a hotshot cinematographer, you got laid off, and now you can't find a gig, and you can shoot a wedding and make two grand um, on a weekend, that's not beneath you. Go do it, all right? Like, you know, you're fortunate to get that opportunity. So this is the mindset that you gotta have. Like, stay humble, stay grounded, and don't ever think anything is beneath you. So anytime you do something, do it as like, this is the best thing you have ever go- going to do. So my first full-time job that I told you guys about, I would tell my partner, the other video producer that you know we had on the team, I would tell him that, dude, I want to go out there and shoot these documentaries. Basically, we were working on something really cool, right? Like we were doing race car documentaries. So we were going around the country shooting these race cars, you know, in their element, and um, it would be a twelve-hour, you know, uh, Sebring race, and then. Uh, you know, you get three drivers change, right? Like every four hours and it's like super intense and all that. So the drivers come out from the pit and as soon as they come out, like they take out their helmet, you just stick the camera in their face and you're like, yo, what's going on? Like, tell me what was happening on the, you know, like on the track, like blah, blah. And the it's so, there's so much energy and there's so much heat and you're just like picking up all those raw emotions and then you got to bring all that footage back and then you got to put, put together this beautiful story. So. It was really cool. That part of it was like very exciting and very cool. So I told this guy, you know, my partner, and I'm like, bro, like, you know, I wanna make these shorts like, I'm making them to win an Emmy. And he laughed so hard that I feel like he's still laughing. Like he thought I was so naive and I was so stupid. And it was the funniest thing that he's ever heard that I said, I'm going to give my all and I'm gonna work on it as if we're gonna win an Emmy. He thought that that was the funniest thing he's ever heard in his life. And I mean, I'm sorry to say that, but now when I go see his stuff on you know, Instagram or Facebook, he's still like doing the same shit. Like nothing changed for him because everything is a joke to him and his self-esteem is this big. So he, when you think that you'll never be able to do anything on an Emmy level, Well, you will never do anything on an Emmy level. It's just simple as that. Now, now, joke's on that person, right, for thinking that. So you cannot put shackles on your mind and the power that is inside it, all right? Like anybody that is massive and making the ultimate difference, they didn't come out out of their mom's womb with that, right, like anybody who wins an Oscar. Like when James Cameron makes this, like one movie every seven years, and it just makes the most money ever, every single picture that he puts out. He wasn't born with that. He didn't come out and went, oh well man, I'm just gonna make so much money and I'm gonna win so many Oscars, that's not even fucking funny. He wasn't born with that. That's just something that happened, right? Like he worked at it and his he didn't put any limits right here. He didn't put any limits right here. That gets me really juiced, right? That's why I just dropped the F-bomb because this is a topic that's very close to my heart because. Trust me, you wanna talk about, you know, you wanna talk about like people coming in your way, you wanna talk about like, you know, as many restrictions as you can think of, like even people pulling your legs, all that happened to me, still happens to me to this day. I just put my head down and I go. When I'm focused and I wanna do something, I just don't care, I don't care. Like keep laughing, keep doing your thing, I don't care. While you're laughing and nobody knows about you and you're not making any dent in this world, positive dent, but, like, you think that you've got it all figured out. Good for you. Keep thinking that I'm gonna go out there and change the world and, like, do my best to, like, what I can do to make a change, make a difference. And, like, I would rather be this guy and do that and live my life free of, like, those constraints that we put on ourselves than be, like, that my partner, you know, who still thinks that it was the funniest thing that I said. Let's put in everything we got. So this movie that we're working on or short we're working on, we can win an Emmy. So, you know, again, great question. I'm gonna take a few more and then we're gonna call it. I'm struggling with legitimacy. Have you ever felt that you were not good enough? How did you overcome that? Great question. So, and it's from my FCM fam, so let's go. Yes, of course, you know, and uh, it's called the imposter syndrome and we all have that. Like, I mean, Steve Jobs talked about it. You know, Bill Gates talked about it, and I'm, I'm just mentioning people that, you know, to us are like the pioneers, like people that have changed the world. And if they have imposter syndrome, then who am I, right? So we all have that. And um, I just feel like the only way to overcome it is keep doing what you're doing, because the more time you put in, the better you're gonna get at it. And more importantly, um, having believe belief in yourself is very important. You do have to have that because we live in a world where there is a lot of jealousy around and there's not gonna be a lot of people out there that want your best interest. I'm not trying to be jaded. I'm not saying that nobody wants your you know, best interest. Like I'm saying, there might be people out there that are already hating on you and wanna pull your leg. So you don't want to join that group. You don't wanna be that person for yourself. You understand what I'm saying? So you have to be your biggest cheerleader. You have to be you know, a person that tells yourself that, hey, you can do it, man, and you're doing a good job, or man or girl, whatever. You're doing the right job, just keep your head down and keep going. And uh, especially Sasha, like knowing you, I know, you know, the kind of the, the kind of work that you're doing and the progress that you're making, um, and I'm saying that not just to like, you know, hype you up, but you are good enough. Like the work that I see that you do and the progress that you're making, you're better than a lot, right, that I've seen. So knowing that like you know you can take that you can take that you know to heart or you can take it you know with a grain of salt it's up to you but I would just say yes, in life we need assurance from other people. yes, we need you know assurance from um, how much we get paid right I mean that's the that's the fastest way to know what you're worth like I mean if you're just like hitting it hard and just making insane amount of money as a colorist, you're like, all right, I got it. I know who I am. I know what I can do. Like, I mean, boom, there, that's my record. Um, Big companies that you work with, then that will help too, right? But I'm here to tell you right now that imposter syndrome is never gonna go away. You're always going to have people that are just gonna say, I don't know, I I don't like this. I, I don't like him. I don't like her. So don't be one of them for yourself, that's all I'm trying to say. I mean, you all know my story, right? And especially all the FCM fam, like how many heavy hitters from the color grading world back then and to this day that come after me, like literally tell me, hey, knock it off, stop teaching people how to color grade because you don't know anything. And I'm just going like, they're not talking to me. Like this person in front of me is not talking to me. They're just talking to themselves. Like they're talking to their own insecurities because they're not talking to me. Like, because they can't do what I do and help other people and teach other people and show all these things to other people, they're just like going, yo, if I can't do it, why the hell are you doing it? Stop doing it. Like, just stop it, right? And that's, you know, they're just hating on me because, you know, if they can't be me, you know, that's just what it is, right? Like, you know, don't hate me because you, you know, you, you ain't me, right? Like, I mean, so that's what's really going on over there. Um, so I'll just literally say, don't be that person for yourself. You know, don't be a hater for yourself. Don't be uh, a, a one who puts doubt in your own heart. Like you have to trust your gut and your instinct. And if you're honest and if you're truthful to whatever it is that you do, that's the best you can do. That's all you can do. What's your suggested weekly routine for a beginner colorist? I mean, this will also go for beginner filmmakers. I will literally say four hours minimum. If, if, say you're not working, right? So I mean, you're home and you got, you wanna build some sort of dis- discipline, four hours a day, what am I talking about? I would spend 30 minutes learning. I would literally spend like, you know, watching some videos on YouTube, whatever, have a mission, okay? Like write down on a piece of paper, what are the things that I wanna learn? Don't just go on YouTube and aimlessly go through a playlist and watch every single video because as humans, we can't retain 100%, like whatever we watch. So that's not gonna happen, right? So don't do that to yourself. Have an agenda, and usually what I do, and I feel like this has been working for me more than any routine that I've tried, which is what you're going to do tomorrow, plan it last night, right? So like, I usually, what I do, by Sunday, I have a general schedule for the rest of the week. So I know the the bullet points. What am I going to be attacking on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? So like I just have sort of like a big picture. I can see it from bird's eye view and go, those are my things that I'm going to accomplish. And then obviously you can you know plug and play as you go, whatever it is that you need to do that day. So that is extremely helpful for me. Uh, You should do the same, but four hours, okay, per day. You have to spend four hours, uh, 30 minutes learning and the rest practicing. Because I'm telling you, you cannot put a price on the work that you put in. Um, So many people are out there just learning, learning, learning. They can talk you to death. Like they know 10 million times more than what I can teach you about color grading. Their hands shake when they sit on a freaking panel. They don't know where the buttons are. They don't know what to do. They're, They're just, they shit the bed, right? They just, they can't do it. So I don't care. That's why learning is good. Practicing and putting it to work is even better. So I, I genuinely say 30 to 45 minutes, to spend that time learning, and then the rest of the time needs to go in practicing. Go hard, like practice, practice, practice. Uh, all my FCM fam that's here knows what I'm talking about. When we do these weekly competitions, the growth that I'm seeing in these guys, it's scary. It's, I see their growth and I go, holy shit. Like what these guys are doing in three weeks, I'm talking about the same person in three weeks, like where they're going. It took me a year and a half to learn those things. Like, I'm telling you, it's genuinely mind boggling that I'm like, oh my God, when you have proper guidance, what can happen? Like compared to when you just like learn by trial and error. Remember like going back to that, just like, it's a lot cheaper to learn from others mistakes than your own. Because I'm telling you, like, I am a self-taught colorist, right? So because I hated watching color grading content because it's all about like this technical mumbo jumbo that like they just literally go nuts about. It's like they just wanna, they wanna send you to to the moon. You're just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, calm calm down. Like, what what are you talking about? Like, whatever you're saying, the word, I hear your mouth moving, I don't get anything. Like, you, you suck at teaching. Like, I don't understand what the hell you're talking about. It's like, put it to use. Nobody wants to just sit in front of the freaking screen and show you how to make art, how to make magic. Like it comes from right here. Like, how are we gonna put it out on the screen from here to the screen? How are we gonna do that? Nobody teaches you that. So I was self-taught, like I just had to learn it on my own. And now when I go back and try to share what I've learned, it's unreal. Like I'm saying, like the growth that we're seeing in our FCM group what people, where people are going. Like, you know, you go on YouTube, you watch my content, this is amazing. Some of you are very disciplined. You probably go and try it and you're like, oh my God, this was amazing, bro. Like I've learned so much. That is great. But I'm telling you, one-on-one coaching, the tailor-made feedback that you get and then doing that and fixing those things compared to just like, oh yeah, yeah, I watched Kazi's newest tutorial and I've tried some things and yeah, some worked, some didn't. That, like some didn't, That is the missing piece. Because when I watch you every week attacking something and I just keep seeing the same mistake and I pick out that each little thing every week and tell you, work on this, work on that, work on this, work on that. After six weeks, your growth is like, you basically have learned what you would have learned, you know, watching stuff on YouTube in three years. You've learned all of that in six weeks. That's the difference that we're talking about. I want to focus on color and VFX. Should I focus on both or should I stick uh, with one? I'm gonna go back to the whole thing, right? Like I'm gonna keep this one short and I'm just gonna say, it's gonna come down to like, try both, which one gets you going. I think it doesn't hurt to have multiple things under your belt. I feel like um, it's a rare skill, right? Like somebody like Eric Whipp, the colorist of Mad Max, and um, the founder of Alter Ego, I feel like that's his company in Canada. One of the biggest, like you know, uh, post production houses in Canada. They're attacking a lot of like really epic stuff. Um, you should, you guys should go check him out. One of the things uh, you know that is amazing about him is that he is not afraid of doing tons of VFX slash you know grading, and that just makes him invaluable because he can replace the skies and he can do all sorts of fun stuff and is super quick about it. Um, you know, so that's a huge skill. Like if you can have that, amazing. Um, other, you know, traditional colorists such as myself, I mean, I can grade, I cannot do any VFX. Even like wire removals, I'm sending it out. Like I have a person that does that and I'm sending it out. I'm not doing that. Like I'm just not good at it. Somebody can do a much better job and learning that is not as easy as like watching two videos and go, oh no, I can do it as good as like, you know, uh, stuff that we see in Game of Thrones. Don't fool yourself. Nothing can be... Like nothing that you can do that could be that good, you can learn in like two hours or four hours. So are you willing to learn a new skill that's gonna take three, four years? Or are you willing to just focus on your bread and butter and then be smart about it and like, you know, delegate your resources? So, but again, going back to your thing, if you can do both, absolutely do both. So this is more on the color grading technical side. What do you think about the QLED TVs for color grading? I will say, I'm not about it. Uh, you know a regular TV just has too much going on in the background to kind of make up for the the low brightness and this and that like you know they always have like auto brightness limiter on there that's gonna like lift up the blacks and bring down the highlights and it's just no good it's like it's terrible news for color grading and uh Qled you know still has like a backlight and backlight bleed, which is absolutely, you know, just devastating when you're color grading. So you want a monitor that has the least amount of that action going on. And QLEDs, I don't know, I I just don't trust them. I I won't go with them. And I only say this because for around the same price, you can get a really good OLED. So why are you gonna go with QLED? Let's just say even if it's 200 bucks cheaper and work with something where you're gonna be risking everything, um, your reputation, because you can't trust the monitor compared to going with the LG C1 or CX or whatever, the new thing that's gonna come out in a couple of months. I think they come out with their new products in April. So in two months, I would rather you go with an OLED, tried and tested, used in every bit major like uh, post-production studio. So just go with that than like trying out something that is just you know not meant for that. Let's take this and this is gonna be the last question, okay? How did you transition to freelance versus working for someone? So already answered that question but basically it happens you know I, I want all of you guys I'm gonna sum it up on this again okay let's just say you started as a freelancer and you're kind of doing okay I still will encourage you to go get a full-time job I'm just telling you like and and some of you are listening to this probably going dude you're flipping the script on us I mean you're the freaking freelance guy we come here to like get that advice like hey quit your nine to five you know do your thing and just be your own boss yes but just like you guys, I am always learning as well. And one of the things that I keep hearing, and my new stance is based on the feedback that I get from you guys, which is I just genuinely feel like a lot of the up-and-comer filmmakers are really, really struggling because they are just so impatient. Like, I mean, my DMs are full with like, Yo, Kazi, I tried what you said. Like, nothing is working for me. Yo, Kazi, I took your course. I don't have a full, like, I don't have a job. Like, what should I do? Like, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, it's not that easy. Like you have to put in the work. So based on all of that, I'm telling you today, even if somebody that has freelance for seven months and is kind of like, oh, this is the lifestyle that I'm gonna live now. I promise you, if you can get an opportunity to get a full-time job and do it for 12 months, you will thank me for the rest of your life. I promise you that. Like, it is invaluable. Don't do it for three months or six months. Try to stick through for 12 months. That is going to build those things, those pillars that we talked about, that's just gonna make you rock solid when it comes to anything, you know, your career related. And in just, in life, in life, you can apply those principles. I apply those principles in my life with my immediate family, with my extended family, with my friends. And on that note, guys, Again, I really appreciate this community. I thank you guys for always sticking around, asking amazing questions. I I say this and I'm gonna say it again, and that's we're gonna sum it up on. Best filmmaking community, hands down. Cause Nation, much love. I'll see you guys next time. Guys, thank you so much for sticking around till the end. Please leave a five-star review and make sure you're following this channel. I will see you in the next episode.